Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, January 22nd, now here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Rob Leonio, your host today, this season, alongside Eric Clock, a uh, now becoming a regular guest here on the podcast. How are you doing, Eric? Oh, pretty good, Rob. Glad to be back on again. Good to have you on, especially because, um, I mean, you've been covering this Coyotes the Coyotes for you know a while. I mean, you were you helped cover the Roadrunners for a bit the last few seasons, but we'll get to that later today. On this show, we're going to talk about the uh, the atrocity that was Wednesday night's game, as well as look forward to today's game, or yeah, today's game on the twenty second. Uh, ready to see what they can do for the home portion of the Arizona Vegas series. But first, let's go ahead and look at. Like I said, the atrocity that was Wednesday's night, Wednesday night game. And I am not afraid, Eric, to call it an atrocity. Arizona had probably one of the worst games that I've witnessed in quite a while. And I said, uh, I said this, Eric, on Monday's episode that if Arizona played anything similar to how they played against um, Colorado and, you know, showed any kind of sense that they were intimidated by Vegas and that they look shook in any way they would get completely stepped on and rolled over and whatever and that's exactly what happened this they just it just couldn't match up well I think a helpful comparison was the uh the first game of that two game series in Vegas right the one where they lost uh four uh, two really that was more of a three two game because I mean the last goal is an empty netter right so I mean um practically speaking that was a a one goal game you know with the goalies in the net right um and you know I thought Arizona was actually pretty strong at the beginning of that game but you know they just took their foot off the gas in the uh, the latter part of the second period and and during the third period. And, um, you know, against a good team like Vegas, you can't just uh, start coasting, start making little mistakes, you know, start um, not thinking as much as you should be. And because, you know, a good team like Vegas is going to capitalize and they're going to uh, make you pay for whatever you give them. So, I mean, I think that's really what went wrong for the Coyotes, because if you really are being honest, like if you look at yourself in the mirror and honestly, like evaluate uh, the Coyotes as someone, you know, who likes the team as someone who follows the team, um, you'll realize pretty quickly that they just don't have the same firepower that Vegas does. So they have to outwork a team like Vegas and they just didn't either night, especially the second night. Um, I mean, that's just kind of my general thoughts, just 30,000 foot overview, you know? So the first game I was like, you know, looking at a little more promise for them, you know, coming out pretty fast on a two on a two nothing uh lead and I was like okay this team might look pretty good and they looked pretty okay for about 30 35 minutes uh that game that first that first game and I talked about that with uh with Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun earlier this week and I know you know he kind of agreed the same thing and then obviously that's what kind of helped uh but because Arizona took a step back that's what helped Vegas you know end up winning that game in the uh in in the first game and 
we're going back and forth on that episode on uh, on Wednesday, and I was saying, yeah, you know, this is the problem for Arizona at least this season is not being able to play a full sixty minute game. And he's like, yeah, that's a that's a Vegas problem too. They haven't been able to play a full sixty minute game, um, you know, for those first three games that they played. And then you know, Wednesday's games happen, and Vegas just, I think they they just it just seemed like they were just like full gas the entire the entire way. And that's obviously what you want if you're a Vegas fan. If and if you're Vegas. If Arizona, if you're Arizona and you're still taking a step back, you can see the mismatch happen right away. And uh, I said this before, you know, on Monday. I said this on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I said this on Wednesday. This is just a team, Eric. Again, that you're looking at a pretty good but young Arizona team against probably the best team in the National Hockey League right now. Well, if maybe with the exception of Colorado, but. Um, it's, uh, it's something else, but I mean, a lot of what went wrong on Wednesday night, wasn't even just how much better Vegas is. It was just the coyotes, you know, not playing their systems the way that they should, you know, just forgetting, you know, those basic fundamentals, right? Like, especially on the second goal that Vegas scored the, uh, the Petrangelo goal, right? Um, you know, he just got the puck at the point and there was absolutely no one on him. There were no Coyotes players anywhere near that area of the ice. You know, all five guys were over on the left side and Petrangelo was all on the right side. And, you know, you take one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League, you give him a good look at the net like that. And, you know, there's a good chance he's going to make you pay. Right. And Vegas is a team that's similar to Arizona in the sense. This is what I think is interesting about Vegas and Arizona. Um, is that they're both two teams that are built from the net out. Like, I would say that Vegas's forward group overall is the weakest part of their roster. And I would say the same thing for the Coyotes, right? Um, right. Vegas' defensive core is excellent. The Coyotes is pretty good, too. I would say that their defensive core is better than their forward core. But the defensive core in Vegas is much better than Arizona's. And you probably would say that Vegas' goalie tandem is better. That's probably where the matchup is, like, the most even between the two teams, right? Right. But I mean, in a lot of ways, if you think about it, Vegas is kind of just like a better version of Arizona in terms of the way the team is constructed. And I don't yeah. know. I thought that's what something that was interesting to uh, to watch in those two games. Yeah, I, I would. I I will say this. I think uh, even though, like you said, uh, that Vegas's forward group is probably their their uh, the weakest part of their team. It's still a deeper forward group than Arizona's. And oh, I think absolutely. That's what, and that's definitely what caused a lot of the problems in that game is, uh, and not to mention, as we were saying, Arizona was already, you know, flustered in the first place. They're already, you know, intimidated and not play and enough to not play their game, not play to their identity. And because of that, every forward, you know, like no, every forward line there for Vegas was just taking advantage of that, you know, getting, you know, getting by and uh, just, taking shots as much as much as they can on Darcy Camper. God bless his soul because he does his job. Uh, but yeah, it was. Kemper was kind of hung out to dry though. I mean, that's what I was kind of saying on the Petrangelo goal in particular. And the other goals too were kind of like that all. There were a couple of other goals like that too. Um, none are really coming to mind, but that's the one that really sticks in my, in my head right now. Um, he didn't get the support that he needed. I mean, you can only put so much blame on the goaltender, especially a good one like Darcy Kemper. Yeah, and that and that's and that's and that's what I was trying to say is, um, it's be, it's because of the rest of the team just getting that in, 
intimidation factor that they were that they that they felt and uh, and because of that they weren't again they weren't playing their identity and they like you and the way you said it you said it perfectly they left rc kemper out to hung out to dry and that's not what we want to do as we saw that that completely fail you know in the playoffs against colorado and they're doing it again and they got to figure out not to get intimidated and to and just continue to play their identity no matter who's playing who they're playing if they're playing colorado if they're playing vegas play the same way as if you're playing la or san jose or you know play no just keep keep your mind focused don't know like don't think you're playing the best team in the league versus the worst team in the league i mean you're, you 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 just gotta have the same mindset you just gotta keep going well on that note you bring up a really good point rob um about the coyotes and how they play during the playoffs they kind of would sleep during games you know not really put their full effort in like they should when they were playing against good teams like colorado so I'm looking back at the stats from the Wednesday night game, and they only had, because I was trying to remember this, I remember the shot total being pretty dismal um, after two periods, and they only had 13 shots through two periods, right? So at the beginning of the third, they only had 13 shots on goal. I mean, that's six and a half shots a period. And if you're playing a good team like Vegas, a team that you're quite frankly not as good as, um, you're not going to generate the offense that you need to. You're not going to... Um, get the opportunities and the chances that you need to beat a team like Vegas if you're a team like Arizona and only averaging six and a half shots per period against the Golden Knights. Like, that's just not a recipe for success. It, it, it's not. And uh, when you're at that talent deficit, yeah, you got to, uh, we, we got to discuss how Arizona's got to fix this. They got a game today, it's back at home at Healy River Arena, and we'll talk about that in just a sec. But first, let's talk about BetOnline.ag. Guys, with the hockey season now in full swing, now is the good time to get into sports betting if you haven't yet already, or just make some bets if you're already a betting guy. And if you are going to do that, there's one place that has you covered and the one place we trust when, when it comes to betting on sports, and that is BetOnline.ag. It's got all the games on there, as well as futures, props, player information that you can go ahead and bet on right now Again, it's like a it's it's a sports better's paradise over there. And, and just don't take my word for it. Go ahead and sign up for a free account today at BetOnline AG and use the promo code Locked On for a fifty percent welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And again, don't use the don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with that first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eric, it's now time to go ahead and look forward to today's game. Arizona and Vegas now tonight at the Gila River Arena. They were swept over in Vegas, and now we take it back to from the Mojave Desert back to the Sonoran Desert. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll just throw it back right back to you. What does Arizona have to do to uh, bounce back after a bad loss like the, they did on Wednesday? You know, one major adjustment I would make from the way that they played on Wednesday um, is not allowing they they collapsed a little bit too much defensively in, in Wednesday night. You know, they really l- gave Vegas's defensemen the opportunity to join the rush, join the play without, you know, exposing themselves as a defensive liability. You know what I mean? Like, because when you have all five guys really deep in the zone, you know, the Vegas's defensemen are free to pinch, you know, because they know that they're not going to get burnt by, you know, like Coyotes forwards, you know, being a little bit more um, 
aggressive, you know, a little bit more uh, likely to, you know, get like generate an odd man rush or even like a breakaway or anything like that. I thought that they just were um, collapsing a little bit too much and, you know, like letting guys like Alec Martinez, not Alec Martinez, Shade Theodore, you know, Alex Richarangelo, people like that get involved in the play. Because, I mean, like I said earlier, Vegas is a team that's built from the net out. And um, if you give that much ice to all five guys that uh, Vegas has out there at any given time, they're gonna they're gonna make you pay, and you're not gonna, you know, like the way that they uh, that they play against you. Yeah, and I'm and I'm totally with you on that. And I'll like firstly for me, I'm gonna go ahead and go back to uh, what I was talking about when it came uh, on Monday, and as well as you know in the last segment is don't have the intimidation anymore and you know obviously you know it's better said than it's better said than done because this is this is a young this is a young group of uh, the the core of Arizona is very young obviously you have um you know the veterans and like Bill Castle and Oliver Ekman Larson and such but the core is very is is probably one of the younger in the league so you i i get the fact that some of them might be a little intimidated by playing a you know a super hot team like Vegas or you know like Colorado or St. Louis or whoever's going to, whoever they're set up to play in the next few weeks and such. But, you know, they got to figure, they got to know that this is a shortened season and they're going to be playing these teams eight times all year long. So they got to get past that. They got to be able to figure, know that, okay, you know, like these games are all almost like, I can't say they're like playoff games, but they're all, they're, Super important games, more important than, you know, ever before for a regular season. We really have to, you know, get our heads heads in right or else we're going to, you know, fall to the bottom of the standings real fast. And because, again, these teams aren't going to, you know, wait for them to, you know, be good. They're just going to keep doing it. Obviously, we, we saw an example of that on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, every game's a four-point game, like you're saying. You know, not only is it an opportunity to gain two points for yourself, it's an opportunity to take two points away from your opponent. And, you know, if you drop two bad games against a division rival like Vegas, um, you're going to see the impact of that in the standings a lot quicker than you would in a typical season. Not only because of the shortened schedule, but because of, the you know, the fact that every single game in the regular season is against a division rival. I mean... Every media outlet out there is uh, beating that point to death. But, I mean, it's worth mentioning, especially after such a poor um, outing against Vegas, you know. Um, But, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's kind of what I was getting at earlier um, was saying that they need to collapse a little bit less defensively, you know, have a bit more of an aggressive uh, posture playing, playing against Vegas, right? You know, and that just all goes back to the intimidation that you were mentioning. And um, they just have to remember, you know, that last year they were a group that collectively took a really big step forward. And even though you lost someone like Taylor Hall, they still were, you know, number one in their division when they went out and traded for him. I said that in the last episode I was on. Um, And, you know, I still think it's true. I still think this is a group that's capable of playing good hockey and winning games. And they just have to remember, you know, um, that if they do the right things that they can beat teams like Vegas. But I mean, like you said, that's easier said than done. And I, I got a good glimpse of that, that kind of team in the first like 20 minutes of the first game when yeah. they go ahead and you know, score a shorthanded goal like they normally do in the previous seasons. Like I'm like, oh, OK, this might be the Coyotes team I'm used to watching and this might be a much more fun series. And then 
I don't know what hit them. They just got scared again. Yeah. I mean, they started playing, you know, even in the first game, you know, the Tuesday night or wait, Monday night game, Monday night, Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah. There was a a one, one day break between those two. Um, I don't even know if it was so much that they were like, definitely on Wednesday night, they looked intimidated. Like they looked like they were outclassed by Vegas and it looked like Vegas, you know, was just having their way with most of that game, especially through the first two periods. I think that they tightened things up a bit better in the third, if I'm giving credit where credit's due. But in the first game, I think that they kind of just turned their brains off and, you know, just started um, playing on like cruise control on autopilot. You know, they were trying to grind out that 2-1 lead and, you know, they were just giving Vegas a little too much room, a little bit too much of an opportunity to be creative. And boy, oh boy, did it burn them. Yeah, it did. So that's definitely that. that's what I think they have to really work on um, for for today's game. And, you know, it might feel good for them to be back home uh, again. They have they'll have, you know, 3000 fans or whatever it is, um, you know, in, in their arena to help cheer them on. And it might help to an extent, but. You know, they really have to step up their game if they're going to beat the, beat this Vegas squad. And I really think it's possible. I mean, I said before the series that I think this team is capable. I mean, I don't think that they were going to completely go full split with them. But I was like, you know what? I'll be happy if this team can walk away from this full week of four games against Vegas with three points out of out of the best possible eight. And it's still yeah, possible. I mean, I think that's fair. It's still possible. I mean, they could get four out of eight. They could sweep the next two. They could. I would be happy with three, though. Yeah, I mean, the big advantage, though, that Arizona has working in their favor going to these uh, going into these next two games is playing against Vegas. Those last two, you know, seeing what went right, seeing what went wrong, you know, especially seeing what went wrong. And you just have to hope that they're able to make the necessary adjustments. I mean, maybe you shuffle the lines a little bit. You know, maybe you switch things up. Um, I think Phil Kessel's been a, a bright spot in the early goings this season. You know, maybe you give Phil Kessel a bit bigger of a role. You know, a veteran guy, a guy who's been there and done that. Won two Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh, everything like all that good stuff. Um and just, you know, make sure that you play Vegas, a high-tempo, high-energy game, you know, grind it out against Vegas from the get-go and, you know, don't take your foot off the gas. I think that that's really what the message has to be. Yeah, and and I'm sure what we're saying right now, Eric, is something that uh, that Rick Tockett is telling the guys in the locker room this morning on at, at you know, at morning skate or whatever. He's like, you know, this, you got to, you got to, you know, go full, ten, you know, uh, full throttle on this one. You got to do as as best you can because this Vegas team won't let it for you. No, absolutely not. They're not going to give you anything easy. You know, they have two very, very, very good goaltenders in, in Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, no matter which of those guys you get between the pipes, I mean, you're going to have a hard time getting pucks past them. Um, so you just have to be relentless and you can't average six and a half shots a period like you did the first two periods in, uh, in Wednesday night's game. You know, you got to get the pucks in the net. You got to know. I mean, I think you have to play a style in a game that's suited to the type of team that you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, lot during the uh, the playoffs last year, you know, against Colorado, like the Coyotes couldn't play like a run and gun, high tempo, high offense game against Colorado because they don't have the same 
weapons up front that Colorado does, you know? Yeah. And though I, although I think that Vegas is a very different team than Colorado, they kind of have to have a similar mentality. They have to have that mentality of we need to outwork them. We need to outplay them, you know, not necessarily um, make the prettier plays, make the prettier passes. Don't, you know, get too cute with it. Right. As people like to say, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I think their, their success is going to come from. All right, real quick. Let's take a look at the, uh, at the odds for, t- for tonight's game, as well as a, uh, a couple predictions from, from us here at Locked On Coyotes. So right now on, uh, the odds, the puck line or spread, uh, via our friends at betonline.ag have, uh, Vegas favored by a point and a half and the total points set at five and a half points, which is the same for the last game. And I think the same for even the first game with the over under, I think that was six, but uh, I'll tell you this, uh, Eric, if, uh, if it's, if I see the Arizona team that was from the first, you know, 20 minutes of game one, I am going to uh, give Arizona the points and they'll maybe lose by one in overtime or win the game. Um, and with this game going over. Uh, otherwise, any other situation, I'll pick Vegas to cover the spread. Vegas will win. This game's going to be also, and probably also another over. I think that the uh, the Coyotes are going to win the first game, but they'll lose the second. Because, I mean, I, I don't think that teams are often motivated, you know, by getting it handed to them in a couple of bad games like the Coyotes did, especially a game like Wednesday night. And I think that that's going to light an extra fire under the group. And I think that they will be able to pull out the win um, in, the, in the first of the two games. But, I mean, I just think that Vegas is a better team. So I think Vegas will bounce right back and, and get the second of the two. All right, That's my so, prediction. Uh, and I'll take the uh, under in um in game one because I think if the Coyotes are gonna beat Vegas, you know, it's gonna be a tight checking, you know, defensive game where you know Arizona wins three two, right? Okay. So I, I would I would take the under. But all right, not for I'll... the next game. Okay. That's good to know. Um but with that said, let's go ahead and uh, get ready for the next segment. First, I want to give you guys a quick reminder that uh, you can get more sports news uh, you need in less than, in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis, analysis from all our local experts. Start today with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up in just a second, Eric and I are going to go talk something that... Uh, We've been cover- we've been covering for a few years, and that is a little Tucson Roadrunners hockey. That season starting in less than a month. That will be coming up in just a moment. But first, let's get a word from our sponsors. All right, Eric. Now it's time to talk some Tucson Roadrunners hockey. You and I are always gl- happy to talk Tucson Roadrunners because you know we've been covering them. You've been covering since the inaugural season. I've been. Er, mm-hmm. er, I've been covering them since season two, um, and you got. I gotta say, I'm super excited for uh, their fifth anniversary. Yeah, I mean, it's great that we're getting AHL hockey back in general at all. I mean, it's a real, 
it's even more of a challenge to have AHL hockey during the pandemic without fans in the stands, without the gate revenues, because of how dependent minor league hockey is on gate revenue. Um, I remember when the, uh, the pandemic first, uh, when everything first started shutting down because of the pandemic, I mean, realistically, the pandemic was happening since like December of 2019, you know, in Wuhan. Right. But like back in March, um, I remember reading about the AHL and the AHL shutdown. Um, and you know, junior hockey too, because junior hockey is kind of in the same boat business wise. Right. Um, right. That they're dependent on gate revenues, you know, concessions, ticket sales, all that good stuff for 90% of their revenue. Um, so, you know, when you don't have fans in the stands, it's a, a real, real detriment to a team like the Roadrunner. So I'm really, really happy to see that they figured out a way at all to have AHL hockey. Yeah, I, I, I'm that way too. Um, when I, I'll tell you this, that when I, the AHL first announced that, uh, they announced before the NHL when they're hoping to come back. And so they're like, Oh, we're going to shoot for December 1st. And I'm like, that's optimistic. I'll take it. And then the NHL is like, yeah, we're not going to be here until January. So then the AHL is like, yeah, we're probably not going to be here until February. And it's like, uh, but I was still like, you know, but you know what? That means AHL hockey still has a chance of being played, and I will take it. And it's what's great now, Eric, is the the uh, now that the NHL season is in full swing, the uh, the Roadrunners training camp roster has been released. They're gonna have a preseason. First couple games uh, are gonna be over in Ontario starting this Sunday. AHL hockey is finally back. Yeah, I mean it's great news for all the reasons you were you and I were discussing. Um, yeah, so how many fans are they going to have in the stands at the TCC? Have they uh, said it was announced uh, for the time being there will be none. That's right, because the restrictions down in Pima County are a bit stricter than uh, in Maricopa County. Um, yeah, yeah. I I sometimes I'm kind of out of the loop on local news in Tucson because I do live in the Phoenix area. Rob lives in the Tucson area. Um but I mean hopefully that'll change at some point during the uh the year because I know that the state government is prioritizing vaccine administration in Maricopa and Pima County, which are the two urban counties in the state. You know, Pima County is where Tucson is, Maricopa County is where the Phoenix area is. So um hopefully by you know March, April enough people will be will be vaccinated you know where the uh, the Pima County government and the Arizona state government can say okay Tucson you can have some fans in the stands because i mean i know um that that will really make a big difference for the uh, the organization and their ability to run things down in Tucson i can't wait to cover the f- the first game with fans again cuz like i'll be able to feel the emotion and i'll be able to write about it and i'll be able to talk about it on this podcast because that's something that you know people can can rally behind um, and it's a different vibe for sure. The, uh, the yeah. fans and the audience in minor league hockey, it just has such a different, uh, feel to it. If, uh, if some of you listening have never been to an AHL game or, um, or a junior hockey game or anything like that, um, I, I, I would highly recommend, you know, going in and checking out a, uh, a Roadrunners game. Um, it's a really cool building, you know, it's down in, uh, downtown Tucson, you know, there are cool bars, cool restaurants, um, I think Congress Street is very underrated as far as places to go out in the state of oh, Arizona. Yeah. Um, lots of cool, you know, like breweries, you know, things like that. So, I mean, you know, once the pandemic is over and I mean, we can all see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
Um, it's a good time. You know, I'll give the, uh, the Roadrunners a little plug there on that front. They, they yeah. deliver a good product. They, they, they very much do. And, and I mean, there's a reason why I've enjoyed covering them for such a long time because the ambience there over there is just fantastic. And, um, you know, getting, getting, be able to, uh, like, you know, walk through the fans, heading to the locker room area to, to interview the players and everything. I've enjoyed every minute of covering the Roadrunners and, uh, go, go ahead. No, sorry. Um, well, just what's so interesting about the Roadrunners too, like when you're covering them, when you're in the arena, is that the Tucson arena wasn't purpose built as a uh, a hockey arena, right? It's a convention center, right. but that has an arena in it. So you have like a sheet of ice and then like a really strange three quarter bowl. That's not to say though, that the sight lines are bad in the arena. The sight lines are excellent in the arena. I've sat in the stands for, um, one roadrunner game i've actually been in the stands for one roadrunner game every other game i ever saw there was in the press box but i was in the stands once um and uh for a couple of u of a hockey games too it's a great place to watch a game you know like there's not a bad seat in the house it's like one of those types of places you know um and you know like you said you know like when you go from the media room to uh, the press box over to the locker rooms and everything, just everything is so much more open and it feels so much more accessible. Like you'll always see kids, you know, like waiting right outside of the tunnel, um, you know, like from the locker, going from the locker rooms to the ice to get autographs from players. You know, it's, it almost has like a less pretentious, more like grassroots kind of vibe. That's, that's what I really um, love about it. And that's, I think the best way you can describe it. Uh, one of the things I kind of want to talk about when it comes to the Roadrunners, and it just came to my mind, um, and it's not really, it's Roadrunners related, but it's more Coyotes related than Roadrunners related. And uh, this was, you know, me looking through the roster and just seeing, you know, which of these players are, you know, or can I say are NHL bound. And it's hard to say at this point, for personally, for me, based off this, the current uh, Roadrunners training camp roster. And that's fine. And if you want to look at it, it's on the Roadrunners website. But the, uh, what I was getting at, Eric, um, in the final minutes of this show is yes. the amount of times that we talked about Connor Garland on previous shows on uh, about him in Tucson and as well as like, you know, you writing an article about him on AllSportsTucson.com and me writing it on Five for Howling about this kid before he even reached the NHL. We're like, this guy, he's a goal scorer. He's good. He's NHL bound. And we know he is. And I mean, like the amount of times we talked about it makes me happy to see how well he's doing up there right now. Well, I mean, I remember writing an article about him in uh, the 2016 season during the inaugural season. And um, he had bounced in and out of the lineup that year constantly. And I never understood it. I mean, he was just one of those guys that you could tell was really skilled because he would make the smart plays. He would make the right plays. He was always a good puck possession player. Um, but he didn't get the ice time that he needed to really, you know, shine and really show his skill level. And he didn't really have the line mates either. Cause I mean, when you're dealing with third and fourth line players in the AHL, um, you know, you're not dealing with third and fourth line players from the NHL, you know, it's a significantly lower skill level, significantly lower, uh, hockey IQ. Um, and that's what really held him back. And that's what me and you and I would always talk about too, even during the, uh, the second season for the road runners. Cause he was kind of in a similar boat in the second season too. 
And then, you know, during that third season, he finally got that opportunity to shine, you know, when Dylan Strom, when uh, Lawson Krause and those guys graduated up to the NHL, he got that opportunity on the first line, scored a point per game um, in, in like the first like 18 or 19 games of the season. I'd have to look it up. It's something like that. Uh, got called up to the NHL, hasn't looked back since. But yeah, I mean, it's really good to see um, him, you know, end up making it, end up turning into a very good NHL player. Another a uh, quick shout out for a uh, Roadrunners alumni is uh, Kyle Capobianco, who's currently holding holding the fort for the injured Oliver Eric Larson. And you know, I was saying this on a previous episode that I'm glad he's getting the opportunity because in you know on the surface, you know, obviously Oliver Larson's a lot better of a player than Kyle Capobianco, but on the surface, they are very similar players in the kind of play style that they are. They're both puck-moving offensive defenseman. And, you know, Kyle Capobianco can learn can learn from kind of replacing the role that he's supposed to he's supposed to play. And, you know, obviously can learn from uh, Oliver Rickman Larson while he's up there. Well, yeah, and you have uh, expiring contracts, too, on the Coyotes' back end. So it's good to give uh, guys like Kyle Capobianco the opportunity this season, you know, to play, get a, few, a bit more um, NHL ice time on his resume. You know, because there's a good chance that he'll be on the Coyotes full time next year. Right. And I mean, um, that's what it's all about. But here's a question I have for you, Rob, with a guy like Capobianco. I know that he's getting uh, a bit older on the AHL side of things. Right. Yeah. But once Oliver Ekman Larson's back and once the AHL's back, because, you know, the it's a little bit different of a consideration right now because the AHL's not back. Um, but would you really want to waste a spot on your taxi squad on a guy like Capobianco that's still young and still developing, you know, have him not play and have him just sit there and watch games in case somebody goes down to injury, or would you rather have him go back down to Tucson and play, you know, like 27 minutes a night? Here's right. The Here's the thing though. Capobianco is not on the taxi squad, even with OEL injured. He was the seventh. Def- he was listed as the seventh defenseman on the active roster. Um, really, I, yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought he was on the taxi squad. No, they they actually called in in part of the injury. Now that they sent OEL to the uh, to the IR for a few weeks, the taxi squad call up was Jordan Gross, also a Tucson Roadrunners alumni. But yeah, so Cal Capobianco, Cal the guy who was uh, he's the seventh defenseman, so he will get you know, swapping in, in and out, even, even without, you know, the OEL injury, obviously the OEL injury thrusted him to a more of a necessary role, but then, uh, like his role was probably going to be load management to kind of, you know, give a couple players a night off or whatever. Just like, I will slot you in here just because for this night. Well, he's a very capable young defenseman. It's great to see, um, him get the opportunity, right? Yeah. And um, I'm looking at cap friendly right now. Uh, and the only two defensemen on the road on the Coyotes roster um, that are signed beyond this season of their ordinary top six group, right, are Jacob Chickering and Oliver Ekman Larson. Everyone else is on an expiring deal. So, in all so, likelihood, he will be a full time Coyotes defenseman next year. Um, and, you know, that'll be a good Roadrunners graduate. But I mean, back to what you were saying also earlier about guys that could potentially graduate to the NHL. Another good project, another good prospect that I think would be a good project for the Coyotes to develop is Tyler Steenbergen. 
actually. I, like I see him. some parallels between him and Garland. Um, because they both were extremely, extremely successful, highly skilled players during junior. You have to remember that Carl- Connor Garland led the QMJHL in scoring in his final season in the QMJHL. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So he was one of the best players in major junior hockey before he arrived in Tucson. It just took him a while to, you know, get the opportunities and get his feet under him in the AHL, but eventually he did. And um, I think Steenbergen's kind of similar. Like, if you look at his numbers from when he played in the Western Hockey League, I mean, I know stats at certain levels of hockey are stats at certain levels of hockey. And, you know, the different skill levels can help, um, you know, mask a lot of deficiencies in a player's game that will be exposed later when they play at a higher level. But I still think that you see some of the high hockey IQ, good playmaking, and, and all that good stuff from Tyler Steenbergen. And maybe he could be that next type of player. Yeah, uh, and I'll and I'll say like uh, too is we're Steenbergen, and I know we're running out of time here, but um, that uh, I, I I like the way he skates. You know, he's I, I think uh, he's uh, he's he's pretty quick on the ice, and you know, obviously you can tell with the moment he hits, he's uh, he's flying up and down, getting ready to uh, you know get where he needs to go. And again, like he makes those and, and he makes the smart moves and the smart shots, and. You know, obviously his name has been brought up several times, so I've enjoyed I've enjoyed watching him play in uh, in Tucson as well. And you know, hopefully, in a few, you know, again in a few years, he gets that 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 graduate opportunity to to Glendale. Yeah, I mean, the Coyotes could go in a lot of different directions too. You know, under the direction of Bill Armstrong, and people have strongly hinted at that in the media. That's what a lot of speculation has uh, hinted towards that the Coyotes might go into like a quasi rebuild, you know, like a retool, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the fact that that might happen uh, makes it all the more likely that a guy like Tyler Steenbergen would get a fair shot at showing what he can do at the NHL level. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see indeed. Um, if you want to know, guys, what's going to be going on at the Roadrunners training camp and uh, preseason, you, you can uh, follow me at Robliano1. I'll be uh, posting as much as I can. I'll probably be interacting with uh, with uh, the uh, Tucson staff and uh, team uh, as media availability is will be available to uh, to us uh, members of the media to well to really ask them questions. What's going on in Tucson? So again, follow me at Rob at Robliana One, and I'll try to get you guys as up to date as possible, and probably share some sound bites from press conferences with the players on a future episode of Locked On Coyotes. Well, well, again, that will do it just about here for us. But before I close out, I just want to remind you guys that get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Colin gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information you you keep ahead of you, or to keep you ahead of the competition. Excuse me there. And subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get your podcasts. Again, everyone, that will do it for us here on Locked On Coyotes for this Friday episode. Again, don't forget for that Arizona versus Vegas again tonight at the Gila River Arena. If you're if you're one of the fans that's going to be there, let me know, and uh, I'll uh, I love to know what your experience is at the at the games there. 
because especially with the pods that they have in place. Again, thanks to Eric for joining here on the on this episode. Looking forward to having him uh, sit in alongside me a couple times this season throughout the year. Again, thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed if you enjoyed what you heard here today, don't forget to leave a good review. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And how long?